0: Welcome to Turn It Down, a good podcast about bad music. Every episode, we take a terrible song, pull it apart, and try to figure out what went wrong. I'm Joe Oakes. And I'm Steve
1: Sachs. Oh, and I'll continue talking, which is unconventional. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, today's going to be a little different. We're going to be talking about um, some songs from Michael McDonald, but we have with us a special guest. We have uh, Eastman Presser. Uh, maybe Eastman can say hello
2: real quick. Hello. Real quick. I'm Eastman Presser. There he is. Um, Welcome.
1: And I think today's going to be a little, you know, usually we come like pretty prepared with some stuff, but I have to admit that uh, Joe and I have come with a little less. I think we're going to be leaning kind of hard on Eastman. I'm very curious what he has to say (laughs) about uh, his Michael McDonald fandom, um, his passion for yacht rock, and uh, how those things came about. Um, But I think we would be remiss not to acknowledge uh, anybody who might be listening coming over from the Flagrant Ones community um who has you know heard Eastman and I do some stuff um on that podcast do some songs together um so maybe a quick hello to those people and um yeah we were just kind of bullshitting about Eastman's journey over back from Scotland he's home right world travel back in the USA a, a true patriot um
0: uh, well
2: i didn't that, oh, that hey,
0: <laughs> didn't say that but okay <laughs> well you implied it strongly <laughs> sure why else yeah. would you come back here <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, I heard they were
0: gonna be. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna talk time, about the thing, guys? I don't know if we should. No, I don't you know. We want do we talk do about the dive thing? into all that, but let's not talk about A- this anyway.
2: Um, it's good. It, well, just to just to cover it real quick. I mean, it's it's great to be back in America. Um, I you know am happy to be back here, uh, and it's nice to be in the Midwest again. I'm I'm coming to you from uh Oberlin Ohio which is a very small town outside of Cleveland uh and quite the change from living in one of the largest cities in Scotland but you know it's great it's great to be here and with you a little quieter do oh, definitely quieter <laughs> I mean I, yeah good. I don't I know like I think I like everywhere quiet. is kind of quiet now but um uh, yeah it's a very You're very quiet place right? Glasgow, Glasgow, very close, okay. Steve. So, y- you so had a fifty percent <laughs> chance, and <laughs> what those are what, the only two. If you were going to compare Glasgow good.
1: to an American city, what what's the uh, kind of analogous American city?
2: Uh, oh God, um, I'd say it's maybe in terms of like size or something. It's it's maybe um, on par with something like Cleveland, probably. Maybe a little okay larger. I don't actually know. So it's like that, a
1: midsize ish city, yeah. or it's the big, but it's the biggest city in. Scotland.
2: It, i mean edinburgh and, and glasgow are the two largest cities in scotland um but they are they kind of pale in comparison to london which is the largest city in the uk so you know got it. um but yeah i would i would put it on par with like a you know middle middle of the road um in terms of population city in the united states a
0: wonderful of- city i mean it's absolutely wonderful city i'd yeah. love to go i've never been to the uk i've never been to scotland it's uh it's been a dream of mine so, i liked that qualifier someday. in
1: in terms of population after middle of the road <laughs>
2: Well, because I, I mean, I don't know. No offense, no offense. Fine. (laughs) Cleveland is the city. Cleveland is fine. It's the land. But um, it's not, I don't, it's, I don't know. I think Glasgow was perhaps a more exciting city to live in. Like there's more happening in terms of a, like local scenes and that kind of thing. But also, I guess it's very exciting as an American to be in um, a foreign city. So, who, you know, who
0: knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a look at our stats right now. And we do have some listeners uh, in the UK, about 2% oh, of hell yeah. people who've listened to the show. And of that 2%, 4% of the 2% are in Scotland. So uh, Or maybe that was just you, Eastman. I don't know if you've ever listened to the pod. I also could, gotta have, say, could have been, I,
2: I, I don't know, I, that was a lot of math for me to try to do, but it might be me and one other person. And I what was your favorite episode? Uh, oh, God, you're really going to make me pick? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I can't, I can't, it's very personal for me. I can't, I can't, I can't pick No, I understand. It's, it's a very personal Yeah, each question. one is like a, is one
1: of our babies, and, and to, to have to choose between your children is hard, and I, I get that as a listener, you feel sort of the same. I think my course, favorite yeah.
0: episode is this one. Me too. I also, really it. <laughs> yeah. I also got to say, Eastman and I have never spoken before, other than a few texts. So it's nice to meet mm-hmm. you. Um, and I'm excited to see what we're gonna, yeah, what go down this conclusions We're gonna come to today. So, well,
2: yeah. I wanted to say really quick, just in the introduction, you said that you this is a a good podcast about bad music and you, or something like that. Yes. And you also said. Uh, we try to figure out what went wrong. Um, I am <laughs> I mean, a little that's just taken this- aback by that one. I mean, I feel like if we're going to start talking about Michael McDonald, I don't think anything ever went wrong. So, well, it's a good yeah, place I'm, to start. Perhaps this will be the
0: antagonistic uh, uh, angle we've been we've been looking for. <laughs> well, the thing that's well, I'm curious about that because you know this is a this is a podcast about bad music expressly, and um, but you know we've covered some things that I, I think it's more about the concept of bad music and and what that really means um you you and i are both as i understand it from a we've studied music we're both musicians composers whatever so it for me it's a little bit more like i I don't know about you but i've kind of lost my compass on quality and it's a little bit more uh, like i i don't really know how to classify it i also had to a lot of music I didn't like. I had to listen to and figure out what was good about it, so I could, you know, know about it. So I, I guess that's kind of where I'm at. I, I've lost my compass and I'm trying to find it.
1: And I do think, I do think, you know, popularly like yacht rock, which we'll kind of get into, you know, and Michael McDonald as a as an example of that is not is maybe uh, derided or not considered as serious music as. Um, other forms of music or uh, you know, stuff that cool people like. Yeah,
2: it gets it gets it gets hated on a lot. I think most probably, most notably, uh, or most widely seen in uh, Judd Apatow films. Because I, I mean, I, mm. I think that yes. most people would be familiar with, and and some some people that I've that I've you know talked to about Michael McDonald, their only knowledge of Michael McDonald are the several scenes in 40-Year-Old Virgin right. where at the shop that they're working at, this Michael McDonald DVD is playing, and uh, what's, his, what's his name? Kevin Hart, um, I think. No, well, no, no, no. Paul, I think it's Paul Rudd's character eventually says, uh, hey, I'm, I'm so, he's talking to his boss, uh, who's played by Jane Lynch, and he says, Hey, I'm I'm so glad that I get to tell you this today. But uh, if I have to listen to this Michael McDonald CD one, or you know, if I have to watch this Michael McDonald DVD one more time, I'm going to kill everyone in the store and blow my brains out. Uh, And there's also another thing in in Knocked Up where uh, Seth Rogen's character talks about how Steely Dan gargles his balls or whatever. So I think for some reason, Judd Apatow really has a thing out for Yacht Rock and i think it's yep. it's become a thing that's very good to make fun of in 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 some ways which is funny and and you know the music is also kind of humorous and laughable right. in certain there is ways but something... I, I do maintain that it fucking rules yeah. and that it's and, great and i would love to hear you make that case
1: you know as we as we discuss this but maybe we can just start with like for anyone unfamiliar um this idea of yacht rock and like what what it is i mean i'm just looking at the wikipedia you know um uh just to read it straight out uh, yacht Rock is a broad style of uh, music, uh, an aesthetic commonly associated with soft rock, one of the most com- commercially successful j- genres from the mid-70s to the early 80s, drawing on smooth soul, smooth jazz, R&B, funk, and disco. Common stylistic traits include high-quality production, clean vocals, a focus on light, catchy melodies. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but the, the name Yacht Rock actually wasn't coined until 2005. That
2: makes sense. It's a- it's a pod, It was a podcast that actually created, or did did they create it, or I, I know uh, there's something to do with yeah, I the think podcast it was through, beyond yacht rock.
1: Yeah, so those guys uh, were involved. They had created this like, you know, early are you guys familiar with Channel 101 at all?: No, so Channel I mean, 101 was like Dan Harmon. Um, he used to run this thing in l a for like sketch comedy where um hmm. you know, and things came out of that, like I guess like community came out of that, and the lonely Island guys came out of that um and it was like this kind of local like sketch fest thing where people would make videos they'd show them and kind of v- vote off the loser and the, the it would you know go on uh, and face mm. off against a new challenger each week or whatever and so this series yacht rock came out of that where the i watched the first episode and I'll, i can link that for you joe or you can just go to youtube if you want but yeah let me check that out uh like so they have somebody playing the first episode is michael mcdonald and it's, it's what a fool believes. It's writing right? what a fool believes, right? And yeah. so, like, yeah. you know, it's pretty uh, 2005 style YouTube sketch. Um, but that's where the term yacht rock actually comes
2: from. Is that. Yeah, I think mean, those I guys,
1: s- to Eastman's point, now have a podcast uh, called like Yacht or Nyacht or whatever where they discuss. There's,
2: there's yacht or not, and then there's beyond yacht.
0: Yeah, uh, and they discuss.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So they have kind not,
0: of really like
2: taken that. this this
0: uh idea of yacht rock and and run with it. It's interesting. I didn't know that this was kind of a retrospective name for it. It makes a lot of sense to me that I mean obviously I don't they wouldn't call themselves yacht rock at the time because there is a sort of derogatory yeah. this is music for rich
1: someone with a yacht.
0: Right. Yeah, this is music for rich presumably white dudes in boat shoes. Yeah. And, I, I love uh, this coral this shorts. Is, this is also
1: in the, on the wiki. It says, uh, uh, "In 2014, AllMusic's Matt Collier identified the key defining rules of the genre as follows: First, keep it smooth, even when it grooves, with more emphasis on the melody than on the beat. Two: keep emotions light even when the sentiment turns sad, as is so often the case in the world of the sensitive yacht rocksman. And three, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. always keep it catchy no matter how modest or deeply buried in the track list the tune happens to be.
2: I would like to add, well, I, I mean, we can, we can get into it. I, I have some specific things that some criteria let's that Yacht Rock needs to hit for me. So there's a couple things. One, I mean, like you said, no, these people were not making this music saying, let's make Yacht Rock records. These are Yacht Rock records. It is retroactively, you know, um, It's a retroactive taxonomy, but um, or or category. But so for me, time period is a thing. We're going to be looking from nineteen seventy, somewhere around nineteen seventy-four to nineteen eighty-four, somewhere in that kind of range, seventy-two to eighty-four, something like that. Um, And then there's there's a personnel quality to it. There are people that are associated with Yacht Rock. Um, If you look at there's a family tree that's really wonderful that I actually do have. like oh a, you're a, deep a in large oh wow okay oh yeah no guys I'm not I'm not did you develop I'm this? not showing up on this podcast out of the blue this is I you know I oh this thank is God a you, thing I can talk you've been about. preparing all your life <laughs> exactly um so there's there's a lot of the guys from from Toto uh like Jeff Picaro um, and his brother as well um Michael McDonald is certainly kind of one of the figureheads of this genre. Um, but they're basically all uh, the, the best kind of session musicians that were working in LA during that time. Um, so there's, there's personnel, there's time period, and then they're, they're pre- a clean production is certainly an aspect of it. Um, that's a thing that you kind of need to have for Yacht Rock. It needs to be like impeccably produced. Right. Uh, and then another thing we've talked about, I mean, yeah, we, we touched on catchiness. Um, but for me, there's a dimension of, it's incredibly catchy and kind of simple, but there's serious like harmonic um, complexity beneath that. So, things like What a Fool Believes is a great example. Um, there's that do, 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 do. Like it sounds so, so childlike and simple yeah. and catchy on the surface. Below that, the chords that are actually being played there are insane. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, not like revolutionary, but they, it, it is some very complicated functional harmony that takes place in these Yacht Rock songs that you, that you might not, um, you, you know, you don't have to care about, there's no reason to care about, but you might not know that there's this really deep kind of uh, harmonic complexity there um, underneath the surface of this like very catchy tune. That's, so those are three things for me. Um, harmonic complex, a very subtle harmonic complexity um, personnel and time period. Those are three things that I don't think are really mentioned in that right. Wikipedia definition that for me need to be there. And I do find that Michael McDonald's music hit all of those.
0: Yeah, know, per- I I, I got to say, like, uh, like you're saying, like all these sort of legendary session musicians. Um, you know, I think of Steve Gadd for one. You know, absolutely. Um, absolutely
2: one of the greatest of, of all time. right. yeah,
0: and my my knowledge of i I have a very limited knowledge of the actual music of the time period, things that would be called yacht rock because this sort of smooth aesthetic and the and the just just the just the sound of the voices and all of that, and just the very it, it just things without edge are very difficult for me to enjoy, however, having grown up learning music from the internet, you, you like, I, you know, Steve Gadd in particular. And then from that, I, I came to appreciate Steely Dan, but like most of the stuff, I can't really listen to that much. It was
1: not until Eastman and I started working on songs that I started to appreciate Steely Dan and I still have to check out ween uh, Eastman, but, um, but, but, uh, I don't know why. Like, like when I was younger, I was really into like Pink Floyd and and kind of like seventies. Pro- it feels like there's a connection, but or something that runs through from like the that like early psychedelic into like prog stuff, into like this yacht rock thing. It's like it becomes more what you're describing about the harmonic complexity beneath the these changes of like a pop song. It sounds like the same reason somebody would be really into like uh, you know Yes or something.
2: Yeah. Um yeah. Oh yeah.
0: I and I fucking love Yes.
2: I think <laughs> Yes is tremendous.
0: I like Yes too. I like 80s Yes. I got to I think to Ooh. talk about that. How are like, you how are you not into Yacht Rock? I think that like
2: owner owner I, of a lonely heart. Owner of a lonely heart I would one. refer to I would refer to as Yacht
0: Adjacent. Yeah, I would say that. I there's one <laughs> Yes song that I really really like. And I guess both of these Come down to I, I recently, uh, last year I was teaching at a uh, school of rock and I tried to bring in things a little bit outside the ACDC Metallica kind of canon that a lot of these things did or ask kids. And I had one, I had a couple students who were, who were uh, teenage drum students. I taught drums and guitar primarily, and they would bring in the song Love Will Find a Way. Have you heard that? This I, I, song is drum student. One, I must have. Just out of out of the blue, and I will I will play that for you real quick. Yeah, just because I just love it. Um, it might be yacht rock. Actually, this is a good question. Is this yacht rock? Uh, no, you gotta be you gotta be careful
2: because the that whole podcast, yacht or not yeah their whole thing is is listening to songs and then saying, "Is this yacht or not? so okay. we, we
0: can we can dip a toe in there, but i don't I don't want yeah, to steal give it a their shot.
2: their thing too much yeah. just
0: this one, and I think that'll help uh, define it. There's also a great video. Um, so this is by yes it, it is by yes. it's it's okay eighty seven so this is not really yacht rock. I just it could be yacht adjacent. Really I, I
2: find that if if most of the criteria are met, but not all, yeah, then then we would call it yacht adjacent that makes sense.
0: I was trying to learn it. I was like, "Fuck!"
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The harmonies, yeah.
1: No, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta.
0: Yeah, it's a ripping okay, tune. So I'm gonna, ler- I have, sure. to, I have to, to shut it down here. This
1: is a ripping tune.
0: I don't know. I have criteria that are uh, very technical. Well, this is the question, right? That. What right. is
1: fucking good and what is bad?
0: But, <laughs> but I love it, man. The fact that a 15 year old kid from Eastern Washington came in. Yes, and that was is like I had never fun. heard of it. He was like, I want to learn this song. He was he had a really eclectic taste. He would bring in the most interesting things, like Minecraft it's, music and then this.
2: It is you know. it's interesting that you 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 mentioned um, you know, this the teaching because the reason the only reason I know Michael McDonald is because when I was I want to say 13, 14 Um, I was taking drum lessons from a guy named Dylan Ryan, uh, who plays in man, man. If anybody knows the band, man, man, um, Dylan is the drummer for that band now. Uh, but when I was living, when I was growing up outside of Chicago, he was my drum teacher and he won, he used to bring me stuff all the time and he would bring, you know, back in those days, he would bring a CD. I would, uh, rip it onto my computer and then give him back the CD. That was how we did things back then. But, um, He would, you know, and at at first he would bring me Zeppelin and he would bring me, um, you know, James Brown or like, you know, uh, things that I should be listening to because I'm a drummer. And then eventually he started bringing me more interesting records, like, you know, a little bit more off the beaten path. And one of them was, if that's what it takes, which is Michael McDonald's 1982 debut album. Mm. Uh, and he, I had never heard Michael McDonald. I had never heard, uh, the Doobie brothers. I had heard Steely Dan because my brother bought me one of their records when I was for my 13th birthday. But, um. I didn't listen to it much, and my and Dylan goes. Now you're probably wondering why I brought you a Michael McDonald record. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take a look at the personnel, and you know he basically goes, okay, track one, Steve Gad playing drums. Track two, Jeff Picaro playing drums. Track three, Steve Gad playing drums. Track four, Jeff Picaro playing drums. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's yeah. right. I mean, like all all of the drumming on, if that's what it takes, is unbelievable. Uh, but it, it's through that kind of education, uh, you know, my drum teacher, that I learned to really appreciate this stuff. Because I do think there's just good, there's good playing on this stuff. I mean, Yacht Rock is all about, like, technical facility in musicians. Not even d- displaying it. It's not, it's not uh, um, shreddy. Like, it's it's not. Well, um, that's where the difference between the prog thing is.
1: And that's kind of what I was getting at before. Yeah, and, and sure. I, You know, but that brings me to a question which is kind of like, is that all there is? And is, cause that's how Prague always feels to me. It feels empty. It feels like there's such an emphasis on the technical, the musicianship and the sort of virtuosity that you lose any soul or anything, anything kind of interesting or spontaneous or, um, I don't know. It's just so, like Joe said earlier, like it has no edge. The edges are like sanded off. And
3: yeah.
1: Yacht Rock, like, really leans into that even further in a way because it doesn't even have the um the the sort of um surface level virtuosity it's like burying right. even the virtuosity is like buried a few levels deep and even that's not in your face because prog rock can at least be like check out how fucking sick I am at this you know organ or this guitar or this drum pattern like fuck you I'm you know what I mean there's like an aggression like a very subtle aggression there there's like right. even a little edge but with the yacht rock like you're even burying that Beneath, like these very well. I think, melodies I think or there's an.
2: I think there's an elegance to the to the um, virtuosity in in yacht rock. Or like, like can can I can I can I point us to an example Please. of this? Absolutely. Um, do you, Joe? Do you? How does this work?
0: Do you do you pull stuff up? I'll or what? I'll pull it up. I'll I'll okay. uh, share screen and do that. If we
2: can listen to um to that's why on uh, if that's what it takes if it, it, yeah that's why Michael McDonald um and we will probably go to um oh in fact you know what i should pull up just so i can talk about this accurately um i'm gonna look up what the actual instruments are and who's playing them okay but um there's a solo kind of um i don't know a couple minutes in maybe like two minutes into the song if we if we want to start there Sure. So hold on.
1: Before we dive into this example, as the person who is who is definitely least appreciative of this genre, um, okay. To what level is your both of you your appreciation for this sincere, and to what level is there an irony to this I mean, appreciation?
0: And can you tell any more? I think that also talking about the the entire community's relationship with yacht rock, especially in recent years, where irony is such a huge thing. I'm really confused about that as well, because <laughs> it comes in. It's like a lot of things where you start saying something ironically, and then you start saying it genuinely. I, I genuine appreciation for these people. Absolutely, fucking
1: baffled that I would even question whether
0: I, it,
2: you're confused. I'm not confused at all. None of this is ironic for me. I, I don't have. I, I don't. But, but I at mean, one
0: point, it was definitely. Well, no, no because you in early. In, not.
2: Okay, <laughs> if,
1: early in he the musical. In, he was indoctrinated at thirteen.
0: Yeah, you got yeah. radicalized.
1: Um, I I
2: guess I was radicalized I also,
1: to yacht rock is very funny.
2: <laughs> yeah, ra- radicalized to one of the least radical, most commercially successful like period like genres of music. Yeah, I I am not. I don't. I I can't let this point go because okay. I don't. Um, you know, you you would right before we started recording, you would ask me what um what I was doing in London, and uh, because I, I lived in London for a, a couple of years recently. When right. I was I was getting my master's degree, and I was getting a master's degree in uh, performance practices research, which is a, a fluffy way of saying uh, subjects related to performance art. But what I ended up writing my master's thesis on was humor in music. And uh, uh, in fact, yes. in fact, Steve, I sent it to you, and, and I think I, and think I you read some it. Of it. I read all of it. Uh, you, you read the whole read thing, the there entirety.
0: Yeah, if you all want to send time. it over, I'd love to read that.
2: Sure, uh, I, I will do so. And the I started to think a lot about. Um, irony and, and, you know, liking music ironically. And I don't, I don't, I'm, I haven't figured out how to perfectly express this, but I don't think that's a thing that humans do. Mm. I don't think you Mm. can, I don't think you can truly enjoy something ironically. Um, I think that if you're, if you're enjoying it, this is at least the way that I try to look at this stuff. If you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it. And, and there's no real use beyond a a kind of self-serving satisfaction, right. Uh there's no real use to saying I'm enjoying this ironically. I think if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. I know that I love Michael McDonald stuff and yacht rock and all kinds of different music and I I don't I try to not let myself say that I'm enjoying it ironically anymore. But that's my that's my own little personal crusade.
0: I feel I feel similar, similarly I that makes sense to me. I've never I've never really heard it expressed that way but like the sense that you can't if you if you think you're enjoying it ironically, you don't actually enjoy it. You enjoy the the context or you enjoy the the humor of you enjoy that it's funny that it's about how bad it is. It's like when you watch a bad movie and you're like, I don't know. But you also I, I, you also I, you, in your thesis, I have to Eastman, read that. You yeah, you broke down,
1: you know, in several different iterations of like where humor and music, where humor in music comes from, and why music can be fun, and can you at least, well, or I should say, from my perspective, there is a lot that's funny about this music. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you you do see and hear that. Yeah, but uh, the, but that doesn't mean that there's an irony to your enjoyment of it.
2: Uh, no, 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 not okay. an irony. No. I think that sure. you can you can in fact the very the very first uh the opening passage of my of my thesis is about me laughing at music that I am enjoying. Yes. And laughing at something because it's kind of so mm. good and and being kind of um I think we can experience that as well. Uh I, I'm laughing because this musician, this song, this lyric, whatever, is so good and so fitting and so kind of perfect that I'm forced to find it humorous. And,
1: <laughs> and I remember that passage and that someone gives you shit for it.
3: This was Yeah, like, somebody
2: gets angry at me because I'm laughing at a, at a concert when I'm really enjoying the concert and they think I'm laughing uh, at it and when I'm laughing with it. I think there's a lot of laughing with Yacht Rock that we like to do. Yes. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe we should listen yeah, to it. Yeah, let's I'm, check out this, this clip out. from yeah. uh, That's yeah. Why. Like, so, That's that's unbelievable, yeah. Right? So, yeah, but, so what yes, we just but heard isn't it was, also very
0: cheesy? Oh my god, Steve, uh, imagine it's 1982. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know if you guys do this, but if I'm listening to something, I try to imagine that I've never heard the things that came after it. Sometimes. I try to do this just to, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, just to see, like, just to think about, like, okay, if, if this was today, but I that's undeniably killer and and that's that's saxophone i think
2: it's tenor sax and 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 guitar guitar. unison solo panned right and left like that's it and then the thing that comes before it i don't even know what that is i think it's some kind of synthesizer but it's like it's yeah i mean it's just so good
0: like and there's also just like these these like almost like you know, something you would have seen, like, out of the big band thing, of like, the hit, the the band hits, like, all the, like, rhythmic <laughs> hits that they, that they catch, yeah. 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 Bop, 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 you know bop. what
1: part of it is, I think, is, like... I can tell Steve there... doesn't care at all. Like <laughs> <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I think there's, like, an uh, there's, um... You're talking about, like, a, a level of restraint, and I will give that to you in the, in the playing. But there is, like, a, um it it's too much do you know what i mean there's an element of like it's too much there's too it, it, let me ask Steve. do you mean do
2: you mean it's like too polished
1: yeah, it it's like certainly so be yeah it's yeah, so yeah, polished yeah. and so uh, it, it's this
2: goal of perfection that's like almost inhuman it's commercial it's i mean it, it, yeah, this, it's, is not, it's commercial, this is not this is not a band like that's that's a, that's the very different quality of this it's not Pink Floyd, where like you know it's not uh, four people get together and say let's let's we have this vision let's let's make this music it's it's not um, DIY it's not anything like that I mean this is a record label a company giving people money to make something that will then make them money this right. is a product this is uh, you know this is closer to like a Marvel
1: movie that. than like a you know a, whatever a, a, an independent film or something like that.
2: Yeah, or it's or it's like a, it's a murderer's um, it's like row. It's kind of fast food. It's it's yeah. this is not this is not a um, uh, 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 cuisine like a, you know a privately owned restaurant or, or you know interesting. What uh, I don't know what I'm trying to it's say. It's not a David it's, Chang. It's McDonald's. Exactly. Well, I I don't know if it's McDonald's. I mean, yeah, maybe it's not McDonald's. It's at least it's In and Out. Let's In-N-Out. at least give it Chipotle <laughs> or something. I mean, it's not you know. It's, right, hey, come right, on, right. man. Well, I would, it's I would the, equate it to McDonald's. Of, sorry.
0: Yeah, I would relate it to McDonald's in that it it is crafted in a way that makes it very quickly digestible and it's it's perfectly recreated every time like that drum sound that's the drum sound there's not a lot of like let's get something weird in here although i i don't know i don't know i don't know if there's a base to that because like we just heard some really innovative stuff that was uh you know wildly it's extremely professional there's something about that that's like yeah I think there's genuine expression in it too. Like there's the songcraft is emotional and expressive. I don't think it's not like pop writing where it's contentless. A lot of these songs are like there's a lot of emotion. The way it's emoted is kind of well, I, like, I would agree to, that there's it's kind of like when there's like the producers going like, All right, boys, you know, <laughs> uh <laughs> like like there's a lot of cocaine and Definitely, yachts. Like, yeah. Exactly. But like I don't know on the side of the artists and especially Michael like Michael McDonald who we're talking about here like I I think that there's a lot of genuine well like go to play the
2: play the play the very beginning of this just the just like the first ten seconds of this track or something. All right, let's Um, check that out. Yeah.
3: back loneliness you won't see me behind you head now emptiness no more leading the way go on desperateness i don't need you beside me no
2: more but so right there the the this opening passage of this track is uh you can you can pause it but the i think that the The lyrics are like, uh, "Look back, loneliness. uh, You won't see me behind you. Hey, now emptiness. No more leading the way." He's like, you know, personifying these bad feelings as a as a way to kind of heal and get over them. And I mean, it's it like the lyrics aren't bad. Like this is McDonald's, but McDonald's fucking slaps. Like exactly, you you can like we.
0: That's what I'm saying. McDonald's tastes good. Yeah. It really does. It really, really does. And nothing else can can hit when you want McDonald's. Only McDonald's will do. Yeah, and when you um, go to and it's but this is impressive. This is the,
2: a further point is when you go to McDonald's and you're eating, you know, a McChicken or something and a and a milkshake, you're there's not that is not an ironic experience. You're not going to McDonald's and eating it and saying, "Wouldn't it be so funny if I enjoyed this milkshake?" It's like, no, you idiot. You're enjoying the milkshake. <laughs> That's like, so. And I think it's the same thing with this kind of music. If you listen to it and you're like, "Oh yeah, this is like, you know, this is kind of cheesy, but it's enjoyable." That's not irony. That's just right. you enjoying a thing, right? You know? Right. For what I it is, which is yeah. slightly cheesy.
0: Well, I mean, I guess it's the subject of taste. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I feel like you, you there. A lot of people, or I I used to have this this sort of feeling that taste is a, there is one right.
1: Well, this is something I wanted to bring up. Good and
0: bad music. This is, I like it and you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like,
1: yeah, this is something I actually jotted down as we were talking earlier. And it kind of goes back to something we discussed with Avery on the uh, episode about Jefferson airplane, um, where her, her big thing was kind of like, she was kind of raging against the cannon. You know what I mean? More so than like that specific song. It was more like that specific song yeah. represented. It was a symbol of the oppressive nature of like you're being told these are the songs that matter. These are the songs that are important. And it does feel like Yacht Rock is like is outside the canon. Although I guess maybe it's now being I don't know like shoehorned in there by like a newer generation of musicians who are appreciating it in the way that Eastman is discussing. But like you were saying before, you're like you were getting this ACDC stuff, you were getting this Zeppelin stuff, you were getting this hard rock stuff. This like soft rock thing is kind of um I don't know. It's like it's been outside the canon forever, it feels like. And right. maybe there's an element to which like those things get exhausted. Like, I can't fucking listen to Zeppelin anymore. You know what I mean? I don't know how oh, there yeah. are these no, boomers that are either. still. I can't it's not either, that I no. can't, it's just that like I've heard there, it has diminishing returns to me at this point. I've
2: heard it oh, a lot I, of times. I don't, I, I, I feel the, um, I, I feel sometimes kind of the opposite way about those sorts of things. I think that, uh, the more, I mean, you know, I'm not going to sit here and listen to the same record over and over and over again, right? but I do think that, that revisiting this stuff, um, and once you get some distance, you, the, the complexity yes. of your relationship with it deepens. I, and, and I so agree when, with
1: that, but I guess I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm personally also looking for new things to dig into. Oh yeah, 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 as well. And so it come there comes a time where it's not that you've exhausted all the great music or something, but you've kind of you have like a general sense of like, okay, this is the story that like that is being told over the course of these decades, or that I've been told is the story, the sort of the canon. And it's like, well, what's outside of that? What other? What were these other pockets that were happening to the left and the right of like? what is considered the main thrust of popular music and like yacht rock is a place where there is it seems like stuff to dig into and yet it's not um it hasn't fully been like mined in the same way that like the hard rock canon has been i
2: guess yeah and i think yeah. there's things like um uh that we had texted before about the grizzly bear thing there was the grizzly bear yeah. thing there's also thundercat who yep. um featured Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins on a song of his or whatever, and has been like touring with them and playing some of their songs at his concerts and this kind of thing. So I think people are, um, rediscovering it, but that's, I I think that that kind of thing has actually been happening for a long time. I mean, there was, um, I, I, are either of you familiar with, I keep forgetting.
0: Yeah, that's um, a classic hip hop sample too at the same yeah, time. Oh right? oh the song the Nate Nate Michael McDonald song you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes,
2: yeah, yeah. Sampled by Nate Dogg and uh, what is it, regulator, I think,
0: or some. Yeah, Nate regulate, Dog yeah. Yeah, regulate, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean uh, that's so the yeah, thing I is, think is people that people are rediscovering it. Yeah. The grooves are undeniable, right? Like the 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 quality of the it's not even it's not there's I, to me there's not phoniness to it. The, just the 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 quality of these set, the taste of these session players makes it so that these tracks, their harmonic content, the the performances are just they are just undeniably have a quality to them that is so clean, but so I I hate to use the term groove because that's like not, but it's like it's its own thing. Yeah, it's it's a specific sound, and it and has it's, it's, it's. I think good. it's weird for that to
2: be. I, I just keep keep coming back to the idea of I how commercial this it. stuff is. Yeah, uh, like how yeah, it has this like great groove to it because these session musicians are so good because they're being paid to do this and are <laughs> not like this is their job and and they they come in. It's a transactional experience. They come in and lay down yeah. this track and to the best of their ability and get paid to do it. That's what I was getting at with the professionalism angle. And,
1: Absolutely, and there
2: yeah. is you know, and I do think it like
1: somehow you can hear that and i think that's a huge turnoff for a lot of people is like the that that it just it it is very obvious that like someone was well paid to come in and just (laughs) knock this out and go home and like they didn't think about it again necessarily or whatever you know what i mean they just they came in they you know they were a hired gun they just did the thing and moved forward and and like it's not that like the performance wasn't good or whatever, but like people, fe- you can feel that a little bit. And I think that rubs people the wrong way. I mean, that makes
0: it bland.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, there's, there's more the same as the, you,
1: to the McDonald's analogy. It's like the guy putting together the fucking Big Mac isn't like, He's not like, damn, like I gotta get this right. No, he's, he doesn't think about like, he doesn't, think, you think, about,
2: he doesn't think about the Big Mac later in there's the day a, when yeah. he goes home. <laughs> like, how did I, I
0: do? I don't know though. I don't know though. I I might disagree with that. Some some people were like that reminds me of like uh, there's recently like a lot of like I don't know like I've seen tweets recently about someone asked Harrison Ford a question about Star Wars and he was basically like I don't know I don't care like he doesn't yeah. know shit about Star Wars. <laughs> Right, like yeah. the nerds out there, are like, oh, did hand shoot first? He's like, what are you? Ta- I don't even remember. What are you talking it's about? Been 40 I don't care. Fucking years. I fuck th- you. I never. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I think that a lot of these, I mean, Eastman. I think it seems like you're with me on this. Like, they may be hired guns, but they also are making some. They're composing some incredible parts. Like, I think a lot of it's they come in and they're like, all right, let's let's put this together. You're the session person. I've heard stories about. I mean, Michael, Michael McDonald in particular was not only just as an artist, but like he was a high a session musician in high demand. He worked a lot, not on oh, yeah. his it's, own. Um,
2: all the, all, a lot of the Steely Dan stuff. Is, yeah. He'll, he'll pop in just for like a bridge or something. And he'll, and he'll have these like really dense vocal harmonies that he's doing with himself overdubbed. And it happens for like 20 seconds and then he's gone. And doesn't show up until the like two records later or something, like yeah, yeah he, he was definitely doing all kinds of work for all kinds of people, and he was he was one of those session musicians now, a, a point I do want to make is that I think it's very um and I, I don't know if this if if we were getting to this, I don't mean to steamroll us, but no. we, oh, no.
1: Fine.
2: the um just because these were um hired guns, as we're saying, these recession musicians, this was their job. Um, they came in, they nailed it, they left uh, they did, they
0: they didn't hate what they were doing no, i mean, they it's, liked it's it. the, right.
2: like like yeah i think it's it's very
0: um they weren't making weather channel music it, yeah
2: <laughs> it's it's kind of hip for us to want to hate on the commercial aspect of this or or um, put it down because it was so transactional because it was so business uh related, but I think that there's um uh, that's just kind of uh, in, uh, what am I
3: trying well, to say? This actually
2: segues nicely into something I wanted to bring up. If, if you don't mind me picking up from where you go, go. Yeah, go for it. I'll think about what I was trying to say. Go yeah,
1: I, I think it'll work, which is that I feel like this music was possible because of the, uh, development of the music industry up to that point. And the music industry is in a very different place now. And so I don't think you can have this kind of, um, this like professional, you know, uh, working man musician type dude, who's like coming in at the pop level in the same in this same type of way. Like it feels like um, the amount of money, the 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 commercialization of popular music at that time was different than it is now. Like,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: and that those economic circumstances allowed for the type of musician that Michael McDonald was
2: you know
3: this, I, yeah
1: like,
2: i mean i think there are session musicians still but this of course. this like this specific um but this idea like you said like okay the label put this group together and said
1: like you're going to start cr- you know you're going to start cranking out these kind of this this for well, this format of radio like it's kind of all related to the way music was um being you know created and and uh, financed and then distributed at that time like it's it's there's a larger oh, it's, system it's a product of its time uh, exactly 100 percent. yeah and and, yeah. I'm, and i'm just interested in how those circumstances kind of don't exist anymore and so you you're not gonna i don't think you're gonna get that type of person that role in the current um right you know in the current era it's just that there's that type of person isn't going to exist in the same
0: way The people that come to mind immediately, I I think it's like what what, what we're speaking to is that
3: proficiency or virtuosity isn't really isn't really
0: valued the same way by the general listening public as it was at one time. Like at the time, this wasn't really music just for musicians to listen to. You know what I mean? Like so how some music, maybe a lot of prog would be considered that way is like you have to be sitting there going like, holy shit, how'd they play that? Well, also this I this think, doesn't really hit that for me. Although the virtuosity, I think a lot of people are listening for that. I would call something like Steely Dan or, or some of the other Michael McDonald stuff. It's like the whole band are ripping session musicians. They're yeah. ripping tasteful session musicians. Like
2: also, I I think that it's it's possible that just to answer your question, Steve, you were saying uh, I don't think that this kind of a character, Michael McDonald, or or this kind of way this climate for session musicians does, is not happening today because of the differences in the music industry. I think, I think we're still seeing the same principles be enacted in some ways. I, like, I think about um, hip hop and certain rappers being featured on certain tracks or certain producers of hip hop. They say, we gotta bring this guy in. He would sound really great on this kind of thing. You Mm. see that in features, I think maybe. Somebody who knows more about hip hop would be able to speak to that more. I think your point about producers is right. That's where I was going to take it next, is that at that time,
1: you had these, these big time session musicians who would come in maybe under a producer and work for these guys. But now, if you're a good enough producer, let's say you're like a Mark Ronson, I don't know how much you're making on your own because you have incredible studio tool, like you're the guy from tame impala and you have like fucking everything at your disposal and a computer and a you don't need yeah, and you play all the instruments right you don't necessarily need these like virtuoso musicians because you can create such lifelike performances you know kind of digitally or like yourself or maybe with like mm-hmm. one other great musician um yeah. or like ariel yeah. Rec. Re- Re- ariel rexcheid i can never say his name the dude who does right, like the vampire yeah, Weekend, can so it makes me think that. of him like I think he's like a fucking incredible producer, but he works with like a very small group of people. And it seems like he does a lot himself from what I can tell, or with a small band that he's working
0: with. He's not like, you know, but he's also worked for Adele and he's also worked for usher. He's the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so he's the producer.
1: uh, It's like that. The, now the producer is sort of the, the hired gun. Whereas mm -hmm. like,
2: it seems like there's also the weird way that, uh, you know, like Wolfpack will do that thing where they bring in like oh, uh really classic, like session musicians. And it's seen as like kind of a novelty or like a cool, like, Oh, look at them. They brought in like yeah. a session
0: musician or something. Well, they, which they is, Yeah. And it's for musicians know. to go, Oh fuck. You yeah. Got oh, they you, got that guy yeah, to be on it. Whereas yeah. at,
2: at this time back in like, you know, um, like when it, w- that drum solo thing from Asia, I don't think anybody was going like, at that time, I don't think anybody was going, oh, my God, you know that was, you know that's Wayne Shorter?
1: Right. Like, right. Yeah, It yeah. is.
2: And now we can look back on it and be like, oh, my God, that was Wayne Shorter. But I think that that, maybe. that wasn't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, think was, I think I mean think
1: right. It was, like, it was for the, pr- they were making a product. And it's like, in yeah. retrospect, we appreciate things about the product that at the contemporary time, they weren't, it was yeah. just the product. They weren't, I don't think, seeing it through our lens. Like you said about trying to see it from the 1982 perspective. mm
2: -hmm. I I just, on the subject of the product thing, um, Steve, you were saying that, you know, there are things that were just done for the betterment of the product that was being created. Right. And in in retrospect, we can look back and say, oh, isn't that fun? Isn't that interesting? Isn't that artistic? But it's like, no, they they were trying to make a product and trying to make the most money possible off of their product. Right. Uh, I was, I was recently talking to my friend Peter, who uh, is an artist who, you know, makes music under the name Petey, uh, P-E-T-E-Y, uh, and he was talking about how, for him, he's realized how important it is to bring a more transactional approach to his music, and to not say, oh, why don't I get together with a bunch of my friends and try to produce music, but there's a, there's a way in which saying, no, I'm going to hire a studio... And I'm going to hire this producer and say, record my vocals the best that you can, because I'm giving you money to do it, uh, has enabled him to make music in a different way. I don't don't know. I don't want to
0: speak for PD. Yeah. 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 Very pragmatic. Very transactional. that, That actually does. This is all over the place, but there are these kind of like behind the scenes people who they are on tons of stuff, but you don't, their name isn't even associated with it. You can't look at the credits and find them. But the way I think I would equate the way Steely Dan would do things like hiring someone like Michael McDonald and the way Kanye West did his sort of maximalist things where right. they he's farming out a random producer somewhere will get a call or there'll be I, I know someone who, who does this sometimes, but you may be associated with some sort of publishing licensing thing and they'll send out an email like. Hey, this artist is looking for this. This artist is looking for this. It's like a it's like a mass email to these people in this organization. It's like, so someone's looking for a mix on this, someone's looking for beats for this project. And if you look at like a Kanye West track, there'll be like 10, 12 producers and one person did just did the sound design for the snare. You know, and and it's like they kind of mix and match and maybe someone's stuff doesn't even get used. Um and similarly like when Steely Dan was producing things, they would get I think it was like three or four drummers all did, you know, they had, de- you know, Peter Erickson, uh, Jeff Porker-O, Steve and Steve Gadd would all track it, or they'd have three people do the guitar solo, and then they'd pick the best one. Absolutely. Uh, and so very similarly, it's kind of the same process of like, okay, let's get this, this, this. Each person is contributing creative work to it, but there's this like, okay, well, this I know this guy knows what he's doing, and then we'll, as the producers, we'll curate. Um, and that sort of collaborative, but very pragmatic, like you're never even going to meet these guys basically like now, now that it's an internet thing. Um, but, but I, I, I think that that really reminds me of this, this sort of pragmatic approach. It's, it's creative collaboration, but it's not about the human interaction part of it. It's not about the like, oh, we're also buddies and we have a creative vision together. It's not a very
2: romantic version of collaboration, but it's collaboration and artistic nonetheless. Yeah. 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 It, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: another thing that kind of strikes me about this is like, like I was saying, I was just thinking about like, what are the modern equivalents of this? Or like, what is the, you know, what what is similar? Where, where is the type? Where is the Michael McDonald type now? You know, who is that mm. in our world? And this is like a thing. I, I've seen a couple of people write about this. I think like Chuck Klosterman, who I talk about a lot on here, but like there has been, and when we can discuss why this might be, but there has been a decline in the sort of like, 30 plus or 35 year old plus white man making music in the popular imagination. Like someone like Bruce Springsteen was like in his mid thirties during his like peak in the eighties. It's insane to imagine like a 35 year old white dude being a pop star now, you know? Or being um, kind of... Yeah, just like being occupying that level. like like the closest thing is sort of like a Justin Timberlake, but he's like on the backside of his career. Um there there is uh and so I I don't know if there's, you know, if there's anywhere to take that, but like it, it's interesting that like the the the, the, the that, that that type of person just isn't um it has like their time has come and gone
2: and Hmm. Outside of outside of the world of country music,
0: outside of the world of country yeah. music, that's a good point. Yes, yeah. country music, yeah. and also I would say like in the in the sort of uh, indie rock world for audiences of the same demographic. Yeah, like people like uh, the National come to mind. Mm-hmm. You but know, they're not very technical stars. musicians. I mean, exactly. Right. They're not on the radio. Although, like recently, Aaron Dessner worked with taylor swift on the latest evermore record i, I or or um folklore
1: evermore whatever they're called i yeah. swear to
0: god you gotta watch the pond lake sessions jack antonoff and aaron desner it is comical it is like begging for documentary now fred armison as jack antonoff i don't know who would play i think well, Andy, bill Hader. Probably. bill Hader would do a great aaron desner it is one of the funniest things i have ever seen and it is like, that's that's kind of, to me, that's where they're at. But there's a, they're not the stars. No, yeah. You know, there's like a-, a And a, to be clear, I'm not youthful. saying this is a problem. I'm just, it's
1: merely an observation about, you know, the changes in our culture generally and who, who you know, yeah. I, in the spotlight. I, yeah, well, exactly. Some people exactly were excluded it, in a yeah. lot of
0: ways. But yeah. I mean, there were just so many different, there's so many different scenes. People weren't excluded. Totally. But you wouldn't see, you wouldn't see in that, uh, you know someone like this making smooth uh edgeless you know unoffensive you know not unoffensive but like relaxing
1: unpolitical totally non easy to listen
0: like, to no, yeah. n- you
2: know yeah yeah purely purely not political yeah <laughs> it's a very good point it is like it is kind of the sound of hegemony
0: in a, in, a, a complete, in, a, in a way, yes. like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something that it's yeah. something that any Gramsci any is rolling over. The, in the his gnarliest group. fascists could listen to easily without <laughs> without it uh, offending any of their sensibilities. Yeah,
2: it, yeah. It was something. Yeah, I mean, yacht rock perhaps was a ploy by Reagan to you know uh, <laughs> subdue Psyops. <the> <laughs> yeah. Psy-op. Uh, while he, you know, instilled Reaganomics and like, yeah, I mean, it's product, guys. It's yeah. McDonald's. I mean, we, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the and they're making the the kind of money that the people listening to it on their yachts are making. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think we should maybe talk about like who are these people? What is the sort of the people in this community making this music like? What are they like? You know? I don't know. I
1: would have to defer to Eastman on that. Do you know much about these uh, musicians and their what
2: their personality
0: or just like their culture?
2: I don't know a ton. I mean, I know that, um, there, the funniest thing that we've run into is that, um, uh, my friend Dave and I did a, um, a bracket of Steely Dan songs, like a March madness bracket, but of 64 <laughs> Steely Dan songs. And so we, tried to nail down what was the most Steely Dan song by Steely Dan. 64 and Steely Dan songs. That was uh, Magnetic Fields record? Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, yes.
3: <laughs>
2: yes, yes, exactly. Um, but uh, there was one musician uh, that used to play with Steely Dan. I, wa- I think his name was um, Jeff Baxter. Didn't you mention yeah. him
0: earlier, Joe? Guitarist?
2: Yeah, it, the guitarist, uh, Jeffrey Skunk Baxter. Skunk? Um, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, skunk. Uh, no, of
1: course Skunk. Yeah. Oh skunk? should've just said that.
0: Should've just said
2: skunk. He interestingly, he worked uh like he, you guys you guys know that story about how Brian May like did, you know, worked for NASA or whatever, like when he wasn't with Queen or or some of this bullshit. It turns right. out that Nerd. Um, Jeff Baxter uh like worked for the department of defense, uh, and like was, uh, you know, had contracts like doing consulting work with the Pentagon's, uh, missile defense agency. And well, look at that. Um, yeah, it's very weird. And I think like, uh, um, I don't know, sought to, he, he, he had a very like, uh, anti, um, terrorist, uh, career, like, you know, um, coming up with new ways to bomb the Middle East or something. So I like the, the only time I've ever dug into yacht rock musicians personal life. It has not gone very well. So I, (laughs) I have not looked into, yeah, I have not looked into what these guys were doing when they weren't in the music studio.
0: Well, I've kind of, this is something that I actually, you know, my knowledge of Michael McDonald is pretty limited. But something that I've seen I saw a long time ago was this clip of uh the making of I watched the making of Asia. Asia. I, I'm it's Asia, right? It's just Asia. Asia. Yeah, Asia. Asia. Yeah. I keep I I want to say with the J. I want to say Asia. Asia. Right. Cause I've only listened to the last about minute and a half of that song because that's where the drum <laughs> solo is. Because I don't give yeah, a shit about yeah. the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. You know? But um this is a clip from the making of that album uh of the making of Peg, the tune Peg. Uh, and they're going through isolating track by track different people's contributions. And here's Michael McDonald's isolated background vocals and like him they, talking they, about
3: it. So it was always real challenging. He did a couple parts on, on top of himself. All in 3D, foreign movies. Let's check his out his high part just to embarrass him. Cool. Oh. Back to you. Okay back to you. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. There it is. So ears, too. All in 3 movie, back, back, to you. Peg doesn't sound like much of a part, but the harmonies were so close that um, that was a, a real learning experience for me to sing a chord, you know, part by part with myself that you know, when you're going back into to sing that next harmony, it's so close to the note you're singing. It, it was just uh, real hard for me to discern that interval and, and keep it in pitch. You know.
0: We had a pretty specific idea about this, uh, how these background parts would work, and the sort of swing band rhythmic approach, and how we wanted it phrased, and so on. He's doing, like, he's doing, like, these really nice, like, little like clusters.
1: Yeah. I did not realize I'm that saying. was him. I've listened to that song plenty of times. I
2: didn't know that yeah. was on
1: there. I thought that I, was a group of women, to be honest with you.
2: But that's yeah. that kind of subtlety. That's yeah. that he's not, you know, he's not out there, you know, singing his ass off right in the middle of the mix. It's this kind of, you know, subtle virtuosity that I think is so anthemic. Or, uh not endemic. Endemic of yacht rock. I don't know. It's a subtle virtuosity that's that's endemic? widespread in yacht and en- endemic. I don't know. Whatever. It's a subtle subtle virtuosity that's pandemic in yacht rock, and <laughs> and that's uh, what I think is so important. Endemic too. It's endemic too. Yeah. But neither here nor there.
0: Go ahead. yeah, yeah, yeah. Corona. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. It's the virus that infected yacht rock is virtuosity. <laughs> um, subtle I, virtuosity. <laughs> ah! I mean, like got me. Yeah. Uh. You were also saying we, we were watching this clip, uh, you know, with, with uh, Michael McDonald speaking about the experience of working with Steely Dan, which I've heard a lot about the degree of perfectionism. I, I remember reading an interview with Peter Erickson, the drummer, talking about uh, they, they performed to a click live, of course, and he was like having trouble. So he bumped it down. I think it was either one or two BPM. And then after the gig, they went up to him and they were like, did you change the tempo on that one tune? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He's like, they were like, never do that again. Never do uh... that again. Or we are firing you. And so it's that level. But like, and you heard him saying like, you know, they're, they're like a lot of vocal producers do to this day. They're going like, okay, on this word, I want you to scoop into it this way. We're going to go from like a mezzo forte to a mezzo piano at this point. All right. And so just give me a little vibrato at the tail there. Pronounce that. A in that word a little differently. Things that are very fun to do, but like, I Steve, what do you think of like jazz? What are what are you what are your what is your uh, appreciation for like jazz music and stuff? Like, I like jazz. Are you asking about
1: smooth jazz? Or are you asking about jazz? I, I like jazz a lot. I played jazz in high school. Um, uh, you know, I, I was never I, my level of musicianship is not at the level that either of you are at. Um, but it's enough that, like, I understand and have been around, you know, like... Yeah, I mean, you're a good musician. I yeah, know what's going yeah. on, even if I can't necessarily do it. Um, um And so, yeah, do I like jazz? I do like jazz. I think that um some of the... Yeah, it, it's also... It's similar to, like, the prog thing. It's, like, the super, like, hard bop where it's just, like... And, like, you can't feel the changes... That gets to a point where I'm sort of like, what is this? It's just like something where you rapid have to, fire notes, but you have um, to
0: study it to appreciate the yeah, where what's, you do have what's to good be, about it
1: yes, but uh, yeah. but um in general, yeah, I, I really like jazz. my tastes are sort of basic
0: when it comes to jazz, you know, but um
1: why like, why do you ask
0: Well, well, because I think there's a kind of there's a kind of music listener where pure appreciation for the craft and virtuosity of it you're, you're so, you get really invested in that and that is enough for you to enjoy something to sit there and go oh like we were doing earlier with that's why you, yeah. you hear these hits and these things you're like damn but i think the solid. difference and the, the laughing too like you're like if you ever see a, a, a you know it's it's there's a joke about it where it's like you'll see a jazz combo I forget what comedian, who's doing a stand up bit about it where, like, pa- Paul be, Tompkins. Yeah, right. Where he's yeah. like, and then, like, one of them will just, like, laugh. And you're like, I don't get it. <laughs> but they're just laughing at how fucking good they are. Yeah. Because you're just like, oh, it's ridiculous that I someone think, would be this good. That's where I'm at with this kind of thing. I think the difference with jazz is
1: the the improvisational element. Right. And where even in a recorded. You you know, I like I when I was in high school. We listened to Kind of Blue all the time, which is again, like I said, very, very kind of basic, you know, taste or whatever, or or Birth of the Cool or something. And it's like you, you, you can feel the improvisation even when you listen to that song over and over, and it's the same track. Or you can go find a live recording of the Miles Davis Quintet or whatever. But like, even though they have a level of proficiency that's akin to you know these musicians, there's there's a humanity there that I think yeah. gets lost when you move into the, the studio, the rigorous studio musicianship, you know?
0: Right. Um, it's expre- the expression of it. the ex- Yeah, like there's so much fun.
1: Like I think of like another record I really like is like
0: Headhunters, the Herbie Hancock mm-hmm. Head Okay, yeah, yeah. And like- I would connect that, that with this. That album is like
1: so, it's just like so full of life. And like there's like this exuberant quality. It's just so- yeah, expressive, I guess. Even though I know they're improvising and they've played the song a million times and it is virtuosic, there's just
0: like so much life bursting out of that record. But at um, the same time, like that's I think that's where we get into like what's wrong with Yacht Rock because that was a very Herbie Hancock notoriously very intentionally for commercial reasons made the shift to like this type of fusion where where Miles was going into like really far-out sort of psychedelic, deeply people, explorative people, stuff. People think
2: Miles was doing it for money, too. Well, sure. I mean, I mean everyone's you
0: know. got to pay for their coke somehow. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, Herbie's fusion was a lot more accessible in a way. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. It fucking chameleon and shit. Definitely. But, like... The difference there, yeah, I think what, what we're seeing is that there's a lot more, like, edge to the, the type of playing and the type of players where it's not, like, and we also got to sand it and smooth it with the finest grip sandpaper we got and make it just purely, like, that kind of thing where it's, like, were you not on the click? The other thing I want to talk about is, like, Michael McDonald, the person, because... When he came on and they were he was talking, you were like, Look at this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. He looks like he's wearing like a denim shirt over a gray t shirt. Like he looks you know, like he walked like out, like out of a he,
1: Walmart and they were like, Hey
0: buddy, can we just chat with you real quick? Can we just <laughs> d- clearly he washes his hair with bar soap. You know what I mean? Like it's just like he's a, he's just an older dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this this making of documentary was was a lot later, you know, but but at the same time, he's always kind of had this sort of you know, he's like an every, every man kind of guy. Like very he's very much so. He he, oh, he would yeah. have a sailboat. You yeah. know what I mean? A vacation for him is on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been Although I do, have, for a, I do have a quote years, from you know him I mean? about
1: yachts here. Someone asked him if he okay. owned, ever owned a yacht. He said, no, but I thought the series Yacht Rock was hilarious. And uncannily, you know, those things always have a little bit of truth to them. So it's kind of like when you get a letter from a stalker who's never met you, they somehow hit on something. And you have to admit, it's pretty intuitive. That's so great. He, 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 knows, he knows who he is, I guess.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah, I, he, I, he,
0: he wears vests. <laughs> totally. I I was looking him up because I was curious, like, is there some sort of crazy ego behind this guy? Like a lot of people. Right. You know, and he is, like the music, just a gentle. I think a big part of why he was so successful on top of like his very bizarre style of singing, which we gotta talk about at some point. But like he is a like they say, is like in the studio, he's a good hang right you know, he's a chill dude doesn't seem like a hard partier and you know i in an in an era dominated by just some of the wildest egos i kind of want to check out two different interviews um and here's a here's a great one with dick clark dick clark who's one of the most annoying people to me
4: some of that applause with michael mcdonald if you will you stopped applauding see he got his cue So many, especially on award shows, you watch people, and they're applauding, they're nominated, and they win, and they're still applauding for themselves. How are you, sir? Very good. How long does it take to make an album like this? Michael McDonald, No Looking Back. We'll talk about that in a second. How long does it take?
3: Well, it took me about eight months to make this one. Um, It's taken me longer, and it's taken me shorter. (laughs)
4: Well, the average, then, there is no average. It's uh, whatever's going
3: on in your head. I'd say about six months,
4: What we're going to do to you, my friend, tonight, uh, we have developed a little thing where I don't do the interrogating anymore. It's a sign of age. I'm getting lazy. We turn it over to the audience. They can ask you anything they want to ask you. Uh, I trust none of it's embarrassing, but it should be on the nose. What is your name? Bill Keys. Bill Keys, what do you want to ask the man?
1: I'd just like to know, um, do you miss being in the Doobie Brothers?
4: We'll talk about the Doobie Brothers right off the top. Michael, what's the answer? Uh,
3: Well, yeah, I do sometimes. Uh, We... Stay in touch, pretty much. Uh, not as much as we probably should, but we, we do talk to each other a lot. And we talk about uh, possibly playing together again. But uh, as of right now, we don't have any plans. Uh, for all right, now that,
4: that was, you told me that was what you were going to ask him, so that stole your question. Yeah. Would you buy a ticket to see the Doobie Brothers again?
3: Sure,
4: I would. All right, let me turn. what question do you
3: have?
1: Um, through all the things you've done, what are you most proud of?
3: I would say I am most proud of... Uh, Probably the people that I've got to work with uh, over the years, especially the, last, the recent years. Uh, a lot of real talented people that uh, I've admired myself for a very long time.
4: What's your name, sir?
3: Christopher. What do you want to ask?
4: If you had to choose a female artist to do a duet with, who would
1: it
3: be? Uh, that better be my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the true answer anyway. I, I, we've always wanted to do a duet together. And somehow, it's about the last thing that ever comes up. Okay. What's your name? Janelle. Janelle, what do you want to ask? Well, I wanted to ask Michael, if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing now? What career? A dentist. Uh, Hopefully not, but uh, I I really don't know. Uh, No answer? They never had any dreams to do anything else? You know, I never did, and I've thought about that question, but I have yet to come up with an answer. All right, what's your name, please?
2: What a what a what an elusively nice man. Yeah,
0: right. So that's I just want to like that's his that's the spirit of him, and he's just like you can't you could throw anything at him. I feel like you could straight up insult him, and he'd be like, "Oh well, you know, I." That's why? Why did you say that? You know, like he's just like he's (laughs) just like there. He's just like there's no (laughs) ego. And I think yeah. that's the thing about him that I really like but but at the same time in the music you hear that there's no it's not about themselves other than like their feelings like I'm a man with feelings you know it's not yeah. about like fucking like yeah and I'm this guy and like look at me you know it's art It's
2: not overly raw or overly um the, like I mean it's weird because you I cringe sometimes when music like a, f- a friend of mine um Listens to a lot more like hardcore music than I do, uh, or or like uh, you know like screamo and um, like deathcore and and this really like overtly violently expressive music, something like that, like that really raw um, emotionality or you know raw emoting would never happen in a kind of yacht rock context. It's too um, peaceful, I guess, or, or, or um, yeah, I, I don't know
1: there that, wouldn't I be mean, something
2: inoffensive, inoffensive. The idea of, inoffensive, of inoffensive, nothing can offend someone screaming
1: people, yeah. over a yeah. yacht, yacht rock track is very funny to imagine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Uh, just, just quickly on that clip. I mean, to my earlier point, um, you know, that, that audience in the Dick Clark thing appears to be people in like, I would say their late teens, early twenties. Would you guys agree?
0: Yes. And, well, they select or, the people who are going to ask questions. And I think it's, to sure.
1: It but like the audience sitting there. So the implication is like, this show is being watched by young, people, probably under 25. Mm-hmm. Would, would we agree? I would, I
0: would think so, yeah.
1: And Michael McDonald like is sitting it. there, you know, full head of gray hair, gray beard. Their dad. Yeah, basically, yes. And and I'm just, you know, it's interesting to think, like, that is that does not seem possible right now. That, like, yeah. a bunch of, like, late teens, early 20s kids would, like, know the career of a pop star in his... Forties, probably. It's just that's wild. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Changed. I think you're right. The music it yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean, and that's the thing. Like uh, Dick Clark, whose show that was, who was insufferable. Like literally, just like had something to say between everyone's thing. He's trying to like crack jokes, and like people are just like, he'll come up to the person like, you had a question, and like, yeah. And then he like pull the mic back and have something else to say, and then he'd be like, all right, Mike, now answer their question. Yeah, uh, how about this? It's like I hate that shit, man. Oh but my what god! A, but, but he what a, like he started out. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say what a fool believes it was a number one record. It's not like he was just like a guy in the around. He is a number one record,
0: like and youthful people, young people are the people who are buying records a ton, right? Who's yeah. gonna go out and buy records? Young people, you know. Mm-hmm. Later, they ask him like, "What was the last record he he bought?" And he's like, "Oh, I bought." two copies of the latest phil collins album
1: another uh 35 older yeah.
0: yeah um but he's just so ch- like he's chill relaxed yeah yeah in initially dick clark's like bandstand thing that he did back in the day was like young edgy artists who were like offensive trying to in- introduce them to maybe an older audience but also the youth so he's like this older guy who's sort of all right, let me, uh, and then let's watch, let's watch the young kids with all their crazy stuff. And now here we have this inverse of like, he has a young audience and we're, we have this older musician and everyone's actually interested in what their deal is. Like it's, 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 it's fascinating. But like now today, Michael McDonald has sort of come back in a, in a almost a memey kind of way, like a meme type way where he's worked with Thundercat recently and I guess he, connect, much like uh, our, our previous subject,
1: he, much like our previous subject, uh, Elon Musk, has become more meme than man. I guess. Ooh. <laughs> I just wanted to tie that back. It's always good to you know, uh, uh you know, tease our previous episodes to any new listeners who might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are yeah, biz- that's probably, probably a, business,
0: a business decision, my friend. Right. Right. Um, But Eastman, I think a lot of these musicians today, similarly to to. To how I think we feel about him, he people grew up learning music. Someone like Thundercat have a genuine appreciation for his musicianship, and and then I think combining that with this personality that's just like he's just smooth and easy to work with, and like I don't want to say with it, but like he's not trying to present anything. Your point like, about ego, like he yeah, doesn't there's seem not an ego there. He also just understands who he is. Um, he's
2: also like, he's, I mean, he's aged uh, well. And I don't mean, you know, physically or whatever. I just mean that there's not, um, his ass has not been canceled yet. And he like, well, he, yeah, he's, right. you know, he's not a bad guy and doesn't seem to be a bad guy. And yeah, it doesn't seem, there. You, you don't look back on how Michael McDonald behaved 30 years ago and say, oh my God, can you believe he acted like that? Like yeah. he's always been him and he's always been real.
0: But so I have here um, back in 2017, Pitchfork did one of their over-under things with him. And I thought we might, we could watch some of that. And I'm yeah. assuming that this came about because of this sort of return to the public sphere through working with Thundercat. And then also, I want to talk about the Grizzly Bear thing. So cause I don't really know about that, but we'll, we'll talk I have about that. A, I have
2: a very specific complaint about the Grizzly Bear thing, but we'll get to it. We'll get okay. to it. Let's, let's, I want to watch this. I want to watch yeah, it.
0: Yeah, let's check it out. All right. This one is about cannabis energy drinks.
3: Cannabis energy. Well, I won't be trying that one in the, the next half of my life. But uh, I, it seems like a real uh, paradoxical, phra- you know, phrase. I I can't imagine uh, anything to do with cannabis having anything to do with energy. Although I, I remember friends of mine saying, when I smoke a joint, I, I get get energy, and I, that never was my experience, so, you know, I was usually ready for a nap, you know.
0: Now, this one is about Steely Dan after parties.
3: Not not a band that had a lot of after parties, you know. Uh, th- there was a tour dinner one time, and, and that, that even surprised me, you know, but, uh, you yeah. know, they're usually pretty tame affairs. Yeah, we just kind of stay with, keep our nose to the wheel and, and in the back of the day, and, and uh, did our damage, you know, uh, separately you know usually hit the streets in pairs or whatever so this one's um about
0: the 40 year old virgin which is a movie where uh michael mcdonald's music was made fun of a lot so here is him talking about
3: that Uh, a friend of mine did work on that film and would send me uh like daily scripts to check with me and see if if i was insulted yet and and i never never was in fact some of the stuff they didn't use was hilarious you know brutal but hilarious i was glad to be a, a Scapegoat for that one. <laughs> next one is nipple piercings. I would say that's probably overrated. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to have to find out, but I, I'm pretty sure it's overrated. And the next one is being human. Overrated for sure. You know, uh, I don't think there's any other species that thinks more of themselves than we do. You know, having said that, I, I enjoy being human. You know, it's, it's it's great fun most of the time.
2: So it's so wholesome. Yeah, wholesome really, man. yeah. He seems wholesome. like
1: he seems like he's he's blushing t- at the idea of nipple piercings. Like, who, yeah. Uh, oh, a nipple piercing. Oh gosh, I don't yes. know. I can, but he's oh. just
0: like very he's down. He, you want him you know to be I mean? your like, grandpa? Like, am I wrong? He's down for whatever. He is a grandpa. Yeah. You know, like like literally. And and I guess just from that, you know, I think this is why he maintains relevance in a way because he can just seamlessly come into the modern sphere without any, he just understands. Like he was saying, talking about how he was ridiculed in, in the 40-year-old version, sort of, is that he was actually aware of it while it was being done. And, and he was like, yeah, he no, was that's fine. Funny. That's fair. Yeah. He, he's, he's aware of culture right now. He appreciates Mac DeMarco's music and understands what it is too, clearly and and you know working with Thundercat, there's not ridicule there because Thundercat I think is one of those people who like knows the session musicians and he knows these things unironically and he go you know and then reaching out to Matt Michael McDonald Michael McDonald's like yeah you know I'm a session guy yeah just hire me like he's not and I
2: th- well I also think that Michael McDonald probably listened to listened to Thundercat's music and was like oh I this is cool and like was you yeah know, was able to I think. I mean, he was able to work with an artist that does not seem like immediately under like it took me a while to kind of figure out what Thundercat's whole deal was he's not he's not the most accessible artist on the planet right yeah, I'm still for not michael fully mcdonald in on Thunder yeah Cat yeah, personally. yeah I mean, I don't blame you necessarily. and I think that for Michael McDonald to be like touring with him and work with him, yeah, it shows that he's he's evergreen i mean he he does not he will not age out of this. He will kind of always be able to kind of drop back into things as, as, long, as, his, as long as he's still, you know, puttering around the earth in his, in his vest. Mm-hmm. Um, and the grizzly bear thing is a great <laughs> example as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a clip of him uh, performing. They were doing I Keep Forgetting Thundercat uh, featuring Michael McDonald at, like, Camp Flognaw, the, the Tyler, the creator, the Odd Future Festival. And the crowd's, like, laughing. But they do it deadpan. They play the tune. They play the fucking tune, and he sings yeah, it. Yeah. What out. are and they gonna a rip in Why would too? they not
2: play the fucking tune? Like, I mean, well, yeah. but the thing, and, and also the, the kids in the audience laugh, and they're loving it too. I don't get. Yeah. This is my whole thing. There's, it's not ironic. They, yeah. Right, he, right. He,
0: he pulls them on because they're like a lot of people. I'm sure did don't know what the hell is going on. They're there to see a fest, a music festival with contemporary, edgy artists and and pop culture in front of the thing. And then they see, like, this guy comes on. They're like, oh, my God, what are they doing? Like, they're going to ridicule him. But, like, it's, it's genuine. And I think that that just shows through his demeanor and his music. He just, he's just there. Like, and so the grizzly bear thing I'm curious about, I only found about, out about this recently. And I was like, oh, this must be some singer, like, some, someone making a meme, like, a, like a bit and i had no idea and and then i looked it up i'm like no this is actually a thing that happened so maybe if you guys want to talk about that because i do not know how that happened but let's let's listen to it for a second
4: you could hope for some substance as long as
3: you like. i'll just sway out the Always ask me why
4: Yes, you're lonely
2: Wait, hold on. Hold on. Pause. Okay. gold, Fucking here's, great song. Here's my problem with this. Uh, my problem with the Michael McDonald version of While You Wait for the Others. There is not enough Michael McDonald.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Michael McDonald, though, dude. No,
2: there He's, isn't. No, there isn't. Okay. Th-
0: that stuff, the...
3: Uh, they
2: left the old uh, harmonies,
3: right?
0: Yeah, that's not that's him. That's old stuff. Why wouldn't yeah. you, like we heard in the peg clip, like that's his, oh, he would have, I, I thought yeah, would have crushed it was that. him. That's what I'm and saying. He
2: would have destroyed that. Why are you, how are you going to be, In how fact, are you going to get Michael McDonald into the studio to do the lead vocal and not let him do his shit? Yeah, yeah. they could have left
1: Ed Drost and just had Michael McDonald do just the harmonies and it would have been cooler. Oh, that would have had that, that on the original insane. fucking track, yeah. right? Yeah, I, exactly. I, I
0: think we we were talking about this like before we did the pod, like we were texting about it a little bit, and like I had found this, and I I I was like, this made me like this song because I was just okay with Grizzly Bear. I feel like I have a similar relationship with Grizzly Bear as as Steve. You were talking about with with um, the Yara Rock canon is like you can appreciate it. I appreciate it, and I appreciate this the songwriting, but it's something that was a little too tame and a little too. Uh, like pure, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It never really did too much for me in the in the emotion world. But t- I've gained a greater appreciation for Grizzly Bear over the years, but I'm listening for different things now. I'm listening for mm-hmm. the engineering. I'm listening for the craft yep. of it. And the performances are killer. The the drum part on on some of anyways, you know, there's just like little homie, things where I'm like, oh, uh, the drums on that one track are gnarly. You know, the
2: drummer had the so earlier I had talked about Dylan Ryan, my drum teacher after Dylan ryan i studied with a guy named joel spencer who also taught the guy from grizzly bear oh wow uh, and i um joel had uh, joel spencer had not heard grizzly bear he knew that one of his students was in this band called grizzly bear and i played him two weeks uh, yeah that that part you, yeah the like there's this whole like broken triplet thing and joel just goes yeah, I taught him how to do that. <laughs> he was like, Yeah, I I I am I'm, tell, I'm telling you. He came to me asking for like, you know, triplet ideas when playing funk music and I was like, Well, here's the thing you can do and and you know, splitting it up so that the downbeat is on the hi hat and then the the two other triplets are on the snare drum that kut caut ca-, and he was like, hey, I showed him all that kind of stuff, and so I
0: guess he just uh, ripped it off and put it in Wow. The- but
2: you know it, it sounds good. it sounds good. it sounds great. so it's my thing my but yeah. I'd,
0: I'd say like you should seek royalties, but I remember reading an interview where they were talking about how you can't like they're not making they're making like a normal living Oh, yeah, that was a brutal that. article. Yeah. I remember yeah reading did you that. read that? Yeah they're like bartenders, which is insane. Well, you know, like yeah, I mean, you know. That's that's kind of the state of the thing in indie rock. Like, well, that's kind of what I was... Rolling Stone, and then they're also
1: that's what I was getting to before this idea of like this well paid guy who's just who's purely like a session musician and kind of ends up, you know, floating to the top and like it doesn't seem like Michael McDonald was like ambitious. He doesn't seem like a a dude who was like. Cut through, it doesn't seem like a guy no. who has that in him, like a cutthroat ambition to be like, I'm going to the top of the fucking charts.
2: No, he seems like he stumbled into it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you, have, and, yeah. you just had to be
0: really good at it back in the day yeah. and also just like a good hang. Yeah. And know? it just
1: doesn't seem like there's the 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 funds for that type of person anymore. If fucking Grizzly Bear are bartenders, you know? Yeah.
2: I, I have one thing to say about Michael McDonald's voice, um, which is that... Uh, Michael McDonald sounds like somebody doing a Michael McDonald impression.
0: Yes. That's why I <laughs> yeah. thought when I first heard this, I was like, oh, this is a bit. This is Clever. someone doing a Michael McDonald impression.
2: Yeah. Uh, and uh, I I think his voice is incredible, but but he always does sound like someone doing a Michael McDonald impression. Also, we don't, let's not listen to it. We We shouldn't listen to it, but but at the towards the end of this one i mean he j- the king goes off
0: oh yeah that's the part <laughs>
2: fucking unbelievable but i do think that they should have had him do every single piece of vocal in this and they didn't do, do you prefer him destroy. as
1: do you prefer him as a lead vocalist or as a you know in the background doing the harmonies and things like that
2: i mean i i i, I don't think i could you know it's it's that's like asking me to uh to choose a favorite episode of this podcast i mean be I, can't, oh, be I just can't do it yeah i can't do <laughs> it yeah I think for me, I like the harmonies.
0: I'll, I'm the same way. I'll, I'll answer that. He's a, he's, um, it's, it's kind of, in a, it, I don't like vocal affectations that much. And this is, he, you know, you hear him speak. No one, no one talks like that. But like that's, no his one sings style like of that, singing. Or? And I, what's that? No one sings like that? Well, no, you he said does no have one talks very, like that. He talked, he, talks I did normal. say no one talks like that. And I, I, for me, I like singers who sing the way they talk. Uh, for the uh, most gotcha. part, you know what I mean. To a certain degree, I do like very, very technical singers that are that are super, super clean and all that. And he he kind of has that very trained thing, but he has also this the gruff sort of. We've talked about in a I think it was the new song episode where it's like, um, "I'm a man, but I have feelings." Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Not that he has a machismo about him in any way, but it is there's sort of this like, "Oh, uh, it's kind of like a Bruce thing." Too, yeah, you know. Um, or I an, know, or what, an
2: Eddie, Eddie Vedder thing. I, there's, a, there's a bit of uh, an Eddie Vedder affectation in it for me, a little bit.
0: Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
1: On, on Time Crisis, which you know I, I reference a lot on here, uh, they've, been re- they've been referring to that as the Herm Jarl. Herm <laughs> Yeah.
0: Creed, <laughs> yeah. Creed comes little, to mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit. He's like a proto Herm Jarl. Do you think he, ins- he, they, they, he was actually an inspiration for those singers in any way?
2: I guess he does always sound like that, but in the Peg stuff, when he's singing that high, he doesn't really have the means of doing the Jarl thing.
0: Right, right. He hits Which it, is weird. It, yeah. It's a falsetto, but like that was that was a chesty falsetto in Peg. It's I mean it's insane. He hits. I hard. think I
2: mean I I like I like how um I don't for me, he doesn't sound it doesn't sound as put on as I, I, I don't doubt that he is just singing the way that he's singing. I think when, when you watch as many interviews about this guy, yes, that he talks differently, but you can also tell based on the way he talks that he's not thinking about how to affect his voice. Right, to, you don't think you know, so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, like, I like how unique his voice is. It's a hallmark, and it's so fun to be, if you really do explore Yacht Rock and you start listening to kind of some deeper Yacht Rock stuff, there's nothing more satisfying than Michael McDonald showing up in a track when you didn't know he was going to be there. And you get to the <laughs> chorus and you hear in that background, you hear that and you go, oh my God, there he is. It's so great to I see you that. again, Michael. You know,
0: yeah, it's similar to like you hear a Steve Gad fill and you're like, wait a second, is this Steve Gad? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Or, uh, I to be honest, I had a, I, a friend of mine who's very into jazz music, a guy named Ethan Kogan. Um, I played him Asia, I played him that part in Asia, um, to try to convince him that Steely Dan was good. This is when we were like, I think, 15 or so. And he goes, uh, you know, in the middle of that Steve Gadd drum solo, he goes, Is that Wayne Shorter? He <laughs> was like, well, Yeah, it's it like, Well, yes, it is, but you're, I mean, you're kind of missing the point, but yeah, yeah, like, like it's, it's that. A a musician has such a unique sound that you're able to pick them out immediately. Uh, And Michael McDonald certainly has that, and I like that a lot.
0: Yeah. That Wayne shorter on the uh on that's why
2: no, that no. was not okay. uh, I don't know who that was, but it wasn't Wayne
0: shorter okay uh
2: it was oh i lost I lost the tab but again, uh, Steve,
0: you're sitting there like I, I feel like Steve, I don't know if I'm projecting here, but I don't think you care that much about this part um
1: it, uh i it's not that I don't care i I certainly can appreciate you know. Uh, caring about like like for example I used to when I was like in high school I really liked Stevie Ray Vaughan right and mm-hmm. I thought it was cool that when you listened to uh, Let's Dance or something by David Bowie you could tell that Stevie Ray Vaughan's guitar in the back there like you you knew you know um, so I, I get it uh, but I also think that like like there's a reason that like this music shows up at CVS
0: Mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah the audience we really do got to talk about who's the <laughs> audience for like, this.
1: it's just so funny that like fucking music nerds can be like dude the steve gad fill like this this one bar is like blowing my mind but like the average person is like shopping for you know rolos or whatever uh at, at, at CVS to this i mean
2: it's because it's a product it's because it's yeah. a product that's very easily digested and, and there's something
1: about that disconnect that is like really fascinating i think
0: yeah i mean yeah So now I think I'd I'd like to do something um, and maybe take a look at some YouTube comments on a Michael McDonald song. And and Eastman, like, what what is a song that you think would be I think like either like kind of a deep cut, but something that maybe I I don't know. What what do you think would be a good song? We could do like a big hit or is there something in particular you think would have some. Well, which I mean
2: which which do you want to do? We could do the we could do a big hit, we could do a um a song that gets clowned on a lot, or we could just do a song that I think is really great. That's a complete deep cut that doesn't get talked about
0: very much. Let's do something that gets clowned on, and and I want to see the mix of comments on that. You could,
2: well, you could go to, um, you could do, I guess, minute by minute would be one, or um, ain't no mountain. Uh, but this is not like, I mean, I'm really passionate about his first record. Ain't no mountain is when he started doing, you know, more like kind of uh, stadium concerts for old folks. So I, I mean, makes I don't know. You. minute by minute is another one definitely yeah minute by minute would be maybe a good one
0: yeah i do see he he kind of went the way in my mind of like if you watched pbs as a as as a kid the like late at night when they're selling like a box set of cds definitely he would be doing a concert to promote it and it would be like a medley of hits yeah you know um Let's check out. Let's check out minute by minute. I don't. I don't know that one either. So let's oh, listen to it for a second. Oh my god, what a tune! Doobie Brothers. <laughs> Doobie Brothers yeah. are funny. Your passion I, 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 for this music that is like s- that does
1: not elicit emotion for most people. That for so many people, like I said, is the background to the shopping experience. Is right. The so point of it is that funny. it's like, like, oh, this yeah. fucking song. Like I will drop everything.
0: I have a Minib- feeling we're gonna see though that a lot of people feel like Eastman on this. Oh, this
1: yeah, has it what two and a half million views. Yeah. Let's check. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, let's do that. I'm going to play the music video.
3: Oh, yes,
0: I will be
4: vibing, vibing,
3: vibing. I'll be holding on. You would
4: stay just to watch me, darling. We'll throw away all lies from you. Can't stop.
0: Why have I always thought the Doobie Brothers were like Southern rock? Maybe it's just their hair. Maybe I'm confusing with they. are No, they, mean I mean,
2: they certainly are. They certainly go through that kind I of period. I get them mixed up, too. Yeah. 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 They, they, they have records like that. They have a sound like that. This is just their yacht period, I guess. I see.
0: <laughs> so let's check out – I went to look at YouTube comments to see what the public thinks. So let's, let's just go through these. Let me read a couple. Um, well, first off, though, like, why did you choose this song, Eastman?
2: What? Oh, because I mean, I uh, there's a one of the scenes in Forty Year Old Virgin when he's talking about how awful um, uh, Michael McDonald is. Like, while it's happening, minute by minute, is the song that's playing in the background. Um, I see. And I, I also just think it fucking rules, and it's a good example of Michael McDonald's. It's a classic yacht song, um, right. quintessential yacht rock, and it's uh, it's a good one. So I, I'm curious to see, see what it. people
0: say. Cool. Yeah. So uh, first comment I'm seeing here is uh, from a YouTube user called MarkyMark71 a year ago. Notice this isn't the studio recording. They're playing it live to make an official video. Not too many bands good enough to do that. So right like out of that- the gate, we're talking about how, how good they are as musicians and not the song, really. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, I um, don't know if that comment is really that. It's not
2: really funny. I mean, we end most, up cutting a lot of the YouTube. Well, most promise. musicians can play their own song. I think if I if I can be honest, I've never put too much stock in what Marky Mark seventy one has said. I've <laughs> right. never really he, gone to them for these sorts of
0: you know. Things. Yeah, that's a kind of a controversial opinion, but oh, you know, here, that's what oh. we're here for. Um, I'm just re- reading ahead here. Yeah, the next one I think is kind of interesting. Is maybe something we we, we should talk about. Um, so from a, a a YouTube user named. Elgin subway surfer balling blue-eyed soul back in the day before we saw McDonald, we thought he was black. His voice and vocal delivery are so smooth spelled S M O O T H E. You can sip it through a straw. Um, blue-eyed soul is an interesting uh, movement that I think we should talk about for a second. Cause this does kind of fall into the, the maybe another problem with this music or not a problem, but an interesting thing is, is the, the element of race. So what do you, what do you guys think of that?
1: Well, I kind of touched Before on it we, earlier about, the, you know, what I was saying about the way the music industry was and the sound of hegemony as a uh, Eastman. So perfectly put it. I love that. Um, yeah. Blue-eyed soul. I mean, this is the history of, this is the history of popular music in America is white people appropriating the sound of black artists. Right. Right. Um, and so yeah, you know, <laughs> are we surprised? <laughs> I
2: mean, this, this it's time, al- I mean, it's also it's it's also um, <laughs> yacht rock could can, can be viewed as particularly egregious in the sense that it is uh, not only white artists stealing thing from black stealing things from black artists, but it's even a a, a, a more commodified version of that, in that it's white executives paying uh, mostly white artists to steal things from uh, a, a history of black music, but also paying black artists to make music for white people, by white people, and not mm. be fully credited for, you, you know what I mean? So yes, it's, it's yes, a, yes, yeah. there are layers yeah, it, and layers. It's not just an artistic kind of, um, you know. Um, theft. Theft, but a, but a, a kind of systemic uh, commodification of that kind of theft, in a way. Okay, so here's, here's a comment from the Bastard Gift eight months ago. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, edited. I wonder what he got wrong. (laughs) Uh, Beautiful, simply said, a midnight voice. Mm.
0: Love it. Love it. A midnight voice.
1: (laughs) Yo, I love that. I love this one. Yeah, Blake Shannon. The 60s and 70s were heaven. Love the Supremes and flower power. Love you too, Leonard Cohen. We're spoiled for choice now. Yes, and Gustav Mahler. (laughs) The (laughs) list goes on. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: Create art, music, and poetry Better than creating war
2: Dude, that's There's the That's the trilogy for me The Supremes, <laughs> Leonard Cohen, and Gustav Mahler <laughs> <laughs> Just generally saying that music is good Can I read one more comment? Scroll down just a bit Please Right there from, uh, from Victor M. Gayu uh, Four years ago Well, this is the music that childhood used to listen those days <laughs> Winking emoji.
0: <laughs> Winking emoji. What?
2: And that's so true. And that's actually what I was thinking
1: exactly. And I'm glad that I'm seeing it. Um, so uh, weird, kids. Explicitly and eloquently this? phrased. Yeah. This yeah. is the music that childhood used to listen to those days. And and when you really think about it, I mean, I think yeah. we would all agree.
2: Big, I, big. I, they come to eat the leaf. Energy. Absolutely. Yes. Big. I, they come to eat
0: the leaf. I, <laughs> I um, The very next comment I like from, from Dinah Morris, this is me and my divine masculine. I do blink and he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like she's saying that she mas- masturbates to this. Uh, um, I blink and I, he's gone. I, I, I like that a lot of these guys were like se- sex symbols at the time too. Like, like a guy like Michael McDonald was a sex symbol because of his soulful voice. And it's just that look was so, oh man, I love that. There's a few good comments here. Love this from a Led Zepp fan. Ha
2: ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha I was 13 when this song came out. <laughs> That's a nice comment.
0: Oh, boy. Good stuff. Well. Yes. I. <laughs> another comment from Kathleen Varco. The other is what a fool believes.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is. That the is, is song. another song by the Doobie Brothers. It's Very sure, good. Very sure good is.
0: Uh, hyperbolic time chamber trance as a motherfucking classic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think we should move on. I think we should finish this up. So yeah. I, I have, I have a question like Eastman. Why, why did you bring this? This is music that you think is good. You really enjoy. And, and this is expressly a bad music podcast. So what, what is your, sort of position on this and why we're talking about it. And, and then also just sort of your final thoughts on, on Yacht Rock as a whole and also your own, any song in particular that you might have to talk about.
2: I mean, I think that for me, Yacht Rock and specifically Michael McDonald's music and specifically Michael McDonald's 1982 debut album, if that's what it takes are the, the, they have been the most successful examples for me um, to use in order to show people uh, that I don't think you can enjoy things ironically. Um, I, I do not enjoy it ironically. I think that if you en- are enjoying music, you are not enjoying it ironically. Um, and I, I don't fully... I mean, it, it might be that I lack um, a sophisticated understanding of irony but I do not think that that is irony if um, you think you are enjoying something but also think that it is funny for some reason. I think that I listened to, when I first listened to this record and when I rediscovered it a couple years ago, like uh, four years ago or so, um, I thought it was funny both times. I found humor in this music. That does not mean I don't think it's incredible and good and enjoyable. And I think for me, there's, there's a beautiful meeting of um laughing at and laughing with uh in yacht rock that that like you were saying you you had said earlier joe that you lost you've lost your compass recently about what is good what is bad does that matter um how do we process that kind of an idea in in talking about music and i think for me y- y- when i realized that i just loved michael mcdonald's music and i love yacht rock was when i stopped caring about what is good and what is bad
0: and what your taste says about you, kind of thing, like what you're supposed to like. That's another thing that I think is a is a thing.
2: Yeah, and and I started thinking much more about um, like I, I remember after a concert uh, here at Oberlin. I think it was my last year of of being in school here, uh, studying you know music composition. And after a concert, somebody had said. Man, that one piece was one of the worst pieces I've ever heard. And I said, "What do you mean when you say that?" And they said, "Well, it was so bad." And I said, "You mean that you didn't like it?" And they said, "No, it was bad." And I said, "Okay, how is how is it objectively bad?" And they said, "Well, it well, it was it was just really bad. I hated it." And I said, "Okay, so you just didn't like it." And 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 I, I it yeah. was we have these experiences of what do we mean when we say something's bad? Who gives a fuck? Like it's if if I like something, I like it. Then it's good. It's in in these ideas that we would rely on something like a canon, like we were talking about earlier, that, that oh, this has been declared as good, meaning more people like it. Um, and, and just for me, diving into Yacht Rock and giving up on irony, um, and giving up on trying to understand, am I enjoying something ironically, am I not? Um, and just like, uh, kind of selflessly loving Yacht Rock and loving that contradiction of humor and virtuosity and uh, cheesiness and all this kind of stuff, and this consumerist aspect of it, uh, loving that with all its flaws, it was instrumental for me uh, giving up on what is good and what is bad, which I, I feel like I've gotten closer and closer to doing, and liking music like Yacht Rock helps. So that's why, mm. I, why I think it's important to talk about. Um, I think my
1: final thoughts kind
2: of, you know, I'll... I'll, I'll uh
1: use that as a launching pad like i think um music like this can be better appreciated after its time in some ways because of the distance we have from the cultural signifiers attached to it and i think that that's where some of that irony comes from is feeling like there's a meaning to this music outside the music like it represents like we're talking about like um, you know, uh, cultural hegemony or uh, uh, racial superiority, or you know, all of these kind of things. The the corniness of the dude, what he looks like as he's talking to you know, with his little Walmart outfit or whatever. Like all of these things that you know, music, music and identity are so linked. But over time, what that music means kind of falls. It 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 it's like it has like a You know, what is it? A carbon, like a half life. And it starts to, uh, you know, deteriorate over time and only a little bit of its initial cultural meaning is still attached. And then you can hear it fresh again. Mm -hmm. And when we go back and listen to this music, there is incredible musicianship behind the scenes. Right. If you are willing to uh, not attach, the, the sort of cultural meaning to it. And that can be d- doing that. We, you know, there's a whole question of if you should even do that, but when you do that there, it seems to
0: be that there are a lot mm-hmm. of rewards there. You know, that's kind of my final thought. Mm-hmm. Millions and millions of people love this music. They're not what maybe we think of as the relevant audience of music because they're older. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and because like we're this... a,
2: elitist fucks that decide that some people's opinion doesn't matter. And, yes. you know, yeah. You started yeah, yeah, a fucking
0: yeah. podcast to shit on music. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I just think that, like, yeah, I've always had an appreciation for it, but like, I'm a nerd. I came up listening to music to learn it. But am I going to sit and listen to this stuff? You know, I don't know a lot Eastman of these is. things. I haven't yeah, listened yes, to the whole song. Yes, yes, I'll, I'll answer. I'll answer that one for you. Yes, <laughs> Eastman. I know you do. I know you do that. You like this stuff. My taste is such that I, I might not. I don't know. I might not get through it because I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to sit there and learn, like, really listen deep and sit down and do it. That, that I'm just not going to. I, I maybe now I'll, I'll go a little deeper, but I appreciate it. But I appreciate it in really small bites to go. Yeah, that's what the thing is. And you know what? Maybe people are wrong. This is actually really, really good and and I, I i think that's right but like you know and then also knowing who these guys are they're just inoffensive as people too a lot of the time i don't know the fact that a skunk is like a, like a weapons guy is mind blowing
2: i was going to say that the, the yeah some of the, some of the bombing terrorists is offense like not inoffensive but but yeah. but some of them do seem like genuinely wholesome gentle <laughs> music, musicians as I, artists as i said if you can separate the cultural baggage from
1: yeah. the, mu- the music the music and should we is the question <laughs> and yeah. no better example than that
0: i would love to hear in and uh if anyone has opinions about yacht rock or this type of music of like it it really pisses you off or offends you or anyway, like email us, turn it down podcast at gmail dot com uh we'd love to hear from you. We've heard from some people recently i i want to just say that in our previously released episode about um uh Friday by Rebecca Black. Turns out veterinarians make a good amount of money, but not enough money. Thank you, Dan, for, for hitting us up. Dan Clark, for emailing us about that because, you know, I don't want to, I always want to respect everyone's profession. And I, I have a hell of a lot of respect for veterinarians. And I, I wish they made more because, you know, all God's creatures are deserving of good health care, you know, and, and, and
2: on that. that we can agree.
0: Yes. That's something we can all agree on right here, right now. Right now. Yeah, I'm gonna put my foot I'm gonna draw the line in the sand medicare for all pets <laughs> i really appreciate all of you for listening um despite the music that we've sort of subjected you to and and our insistence on making sure you know all of our opinions about everything um and i i hope everyone's doing okay you know i hope this is a little moment of of uh, calm for you as you listen to the smooth sounds of the doobie brothers michael mcdonald steely dan Steely Dan gets a little edgy sometimes. They're named after a dildo.
2: Mm-hmm. Very
0: true. In, in a... in a, uh, in a um, Burroughs? burrows. yeah. Was it Burroughs? I think it was Burroughs. Yeah, edgy stuff. Um, but, you know, if you want to contact us, we'd love it. Or if you want to follow us on Instagram at turnitdownpodcast, uh, Twitter at turnitdownpod, uh, and our email, like I said, Podcast at gmail.com.
2: I, um, I people sh- can follow me on Twitter. I tweet about things, uh, sometimes. My, um, luckily I didn't have to fight anyone for my Twitter handle. It is at Eastman Presser. Um, that was pretty straight ahead to get that one, given that my name is, uh, irregular.
0: Um, but no, I have nothing to promote at this time. I will say that, that you and Steve have collaborated on some, some music on, uh, some, some that have been featured on some other podcasts. I think if anyone wants to hear some outstanding parodies, speaking of humor and music, you should check them out.
2: There you go. Um, and you can find that at my I, – I believe all of the songs that Steve and I have done together are on my SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash Eastman Presser. Again, nobody fighting me for those.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we will see you next time and, and uh, you know. In the meantime, take it easy. Bye. Take it real easy.
2: Thank you for having me,
0: by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this has been great. I I hope to speak to you again soon. So, yes. All right. Cool.
3: Goodbye to you all. I've
4: I've 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 been home.